already here in this place to do a work even amongst your people. We thank you for our helper and our keeper. We thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who shed his blood on, on Calvary for the remissions of our sins. God, you said without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So, God, we know on today that we have been forgiven because Jesus did shed his blood on our behalf. So for that, God, we want to say thank you. For that, God, we just want to glorify you. For that, God, we just want to praise you. God, you said let the redeemed say so. So, God, we just give you glory, honor, and praise in this place. And we're saying so that we have been redeemed. And, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. And, God, I thank you right now. God, I can see in the spirit even a movement, God, that's going through this body of Christ. And I thank you, God, that you're moving. You have never stopped moving. God, the thing is, we have stopped perceiving your move. So I thank you that you're moving even right now in the midst of this place. God, I know that you're here because healing is here. And God, I thank you right now that you're raining down healing right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the healing that's in the midst of this room. And God, we receive it right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you and we praise you for the joy that you're raining down in this room. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory, honor, and praise for the peace that you're raining down in this room, God. I thank you, God, that you're steady moving in this place in Jesus' name. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of when Elijah told um, the people that it wasn't going to rain for about three years or three and a half years. And everybody know, according to the word, there was no rain. But there come a time when God began to tell Elijah to let Ahab know that it was going to rain. It's beginning to rain. And each time Abraham, um, Ahab went and came back to Elijah, he said, there is no rain. But Elijah kept sending him back. So this is what the God is saying. Sometimes you have to go back because when you know what God said, you're going to take him at his word and you're going to say, God, this is what you said. And if God, you said it, I know that it's already done. So God said, don't you give up. God said, do as I say, and you will see what I said. Do what I say, and you will see what I said. Because Ahab, as he done it, guess what? The clouds begin to change because God was working in the midst of them. Amen. So God is working in the midst of us because I see a moving of the spirit. I see a hoovering of that cloud that's even over us in the midst of this room. So I know that God is doing a work and the only thing you got to do is tap into what God has already done. See, it's already done. The only thing you got to do is believe it. And then as you receive it, you will see the manifestation even coming upon you. Amen. Hallelujah. Go with me to St. John, the 17th chapter. And let's hear a word from the Lord. St. John, the 17th chapter. And I will begin at verse 11 and end at verse 11. 
And I believe God has a word for this house. Not that God has not brought this word in this house, but God is bringing this word back to this house. And when God bring a word back to the house, he might come in another way, but it's his same word. Amen. So John, St. John, the 17th chapter, beginning at verse 11. This is Jesus praying unto the Father. He said, and now I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. Let me read it again. And now I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. I want to talk about oneness in the body of Christ. Oneness in the body of Christ. This was Jesus praying unto his father, and he was praying a prayer for his apostles, his disciples. And the same prayer that Jesus prayed for them, he prayed for us as well. And Jesus' prayer was, at the end of that verse, he said that they may be one as we are one, as we are. That means they were one. Him and his father um, believed the same thing, done the same thing. How do I know? Because in the Bible, Jesus said, I do nothing except what I see my father do. So we have to start with Jesus said, let them be one as we are one. So we got to know how him and the father was one. You know, there's father, son, and Holy Spirit, but they're all one. So each one of them had, uh, you know, individual things that they did, the father, the son, and the Holy Ghost, but they were one. They came together as one, as the Trinity. So Jesus was explaining, first of all, you got to know that Jesus only did what he saw the father do. So he did not go outside of the father. Why? Because they were one. He said, everything my father do, this is what I do. He said, when I hear from the father, that's how I judge. He said, I don't do nothing on my one accord. I and the father are one. So he made that clear. He let everybody know, I'm not going outside of my father. Anything that you see me do is because the father has already done it. So I'm coming here to earth to bring the kingdom of heaven here God's way, not the way I think it should be. I'm one with him. So everything I do, you're going to know that it's coming from the father. I'm not coming or doing things outside of myself. And I love this in John, the uh, 14th chapter, when Jesus said he was going to be with the father and he was telling them to let not their hearts be troubled. He began to talk to them and he said, if you have seen the father, he said, you have seen, um, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. So Jesus was making it clear. I represent the father here on earth. So Philip began to say, now Philip was one of his followers. He was one of the disciples and he began to say, show us the father. Now think about it. He'd been with Jesus for three years. And he's going to tell Jesus, show us the father. When Jesus just said, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. Right after Jesus said that, Philip had the nerve to say, show us the father. Guess what? We got some Philips in the house. And Jesus said, Philip, I have been so long with you. Meaning that I have been with you a long time, Philip, 
And you asking me to show you the father? Philip, if you've seen me, you have seen the father. Because I'm in him and he's in me. Ask your neighbor, say, what do they see in you? Let's go back again. So here go Philip, a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, a learner of Jesus Christ. Jesus just told them, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. Philip turned around and said, show us the father. And Jesus said, Philip, I've been with you for this long time. And you don't see the father. He said, if you see me, Philip, you should see the father or you should have known the father. So I'm finna turn this around. Miracle temple, deliverance ministries, where miracles happen, where Christ lives in me. Some of y'all are still saying, apostle, show me the father. And I'm going to say miracle temple. You have been with me, some of y'all. 17 years and you don't see the father somebody drop a coin 1st thing is to be born again all of us have to be born again that means we have to be a new creation a new creature in Christ Jesus meaning that the old has passed the new has come and that comes through being born again born from above and not born of this earth so once we accept Jesus understand that Jesus said I do nothing outside of the father so Jesus said the only way you can get to the father it's through me because I am the door. So you can go no other way except through me. So when Jesus came to the earth, he was presenting the father because he said, this is the only way you're going to get to the father is through me. So I have to introduce the father. So you're going to want to go to the father. Y'all get it. So Jesus had to reveal the father through him. So people will know this is the place that I'm going. This is the um, kingdom of God. So this is what God is saying to you today. First, you must be, you have to be born again in order to be one. He that's joined unto the Lord is one, what? Spirit. So that means that it's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. See, we can't serve all these other gods and say that we are one with him. And the reason why God is going here, because if you're not one with him, if you're not born again from above, I don't care what you try to do. God ain't going to manifest himself in division. 
He's not going to do it. So we have to focus on this oneness. And this is where we mess up at because everybody is doing their own thing a different way instead of doing it the way God wants us to do it. See, that's why we're teaching on patterns in Clem School because God is not going to reveal himself unless it's done the way God wants it done and not the way man wants it done. The traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. That means when you put yourself in it, God ain't manifesting because God said that's your way of doing that's not my way see God has a way for things to be done and when you do it God's way God reveal his glory through his way and not any other way so for us to be one we have to be born again and once we become born again now let me tell you about these disciples when Jesus came down from heaven He dwelt among us. So he was that tabernacle. He word became flesh. But then Jesus came down and he got followers. That means he got disciples to follow him, to follow his teaching. I want you to grab hold because this is where we mess up at. We're trying to be our own leader and follower. It won't work. People are trying to set up stuff. That God ain't told you to set up because you want a name for yourself just like the Tower of Babel. Babel, there's confusion when it comes to the Tower of Babel. We got too many people setting up churches or setting up ministries and that ain't how God want them to be set up. And this is why people are shutting down these ministries because God didn't set them up. This is why ministries are struggling and saying that if the people don't do this, then we got to close up. That ain't God. Because whatever God gives you, God's going to provide for what he's given you. If somebody don't want to give, God got a ram in the bush to pick up what they didn't want to do. So we see here that we have to all be one. And to be one, we must be born again. Those disciples followed Jesus for three years. Now, while they were following him, guess what was happening with this thing? They had to be taught from Jesus. That means the synagogues that they were in, I'm finna go somewhere, they had to come out of those synagogues and be taught by Jesus. That means they could not be with Jesus and then go into the synagogue and be with the synagogue. The people that was teaching in the synagogue, they had to be up under his doctrine. They had to be up under his teaching. They couldn't be double-minded. They couldn't be wavered. Jesus said, take up your cross. And follow me. But the only way you can do it, you got to deny yourself. You got to deny your desires. You got to deny your way of doing things. He said, you got to be totally committed unto what I'm bringing to you from heaven. And Jesus demonstrated heaven so well. When you go into the word of God, everything that Jesus done was according to what was going on in heaven. Healing, deliverance, everything, prosperity, everything that they needed. Jesus was tabernacled among them. He dwelled among them and he released the manifestation, God's glory. Because he said, everything I see the father do, that's what I'm going to do here on earth. I'm not going outside of the father. So the disciples saw everything. That Jesus done. They were taught well by the very best. Come on, y'all. They got to walk with God. They got to talk with God. God manifests himself in the flesh. Can you imagine being around God? 
spending your time with God, you can literally see him walking and talking and demonstrating where he's from. Who would want a man to leave earth that been with the father? Because everything they needed and every question that they needed answered, Jesus would answer those questions. They had fellowship with him. They had protection with him. They had deliverance with him. Their bills were paid when they were with him. They didn't go hungry when they were with him. Everything they needed because they were united and they were one with him, there was nothing missing and nothing broken. Because they were one. I'm getting somewhere. And then there were times that, y'all know old Judas? Old Judas let the devil into his heart and began to give him foolish stuff. Now, this man was the treasurer. Won't money send you to hell? It'll send you to hell on fire before you get there. So old Judas, he carried the money bag, and he was the one that portrayed it. Jesus and Jesus knew that he was his portrayer, but Jesus still loved G- um, Judas. He still loved him. He still treated him as his own. See, he was being an example of the father. He was showing love even in the midst of hate. So we see the disciples, they got trained through Jesus. So we up to the point where Jesus had to go be with who? The father. And Jesus knew, I'm not leaving them alone. He said, I'm going to leave them a comforter. Don't he love us? He said, I'm going to leave them a paraclete, one that's just like me, that's going to represent me here on this earth. So when you accept me, he said, you accept in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have the fullness of God on the inside of you. So they've been taught well, y'all, and I'm going to move ahead of myself. But before Jesus left them, this is what Jesus told them. Y'all know in Luke 24, we talk about this so much. Jesus said, I'm going somewhere. Go to the upper room. This is what he said. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Luke 24, 49. Okay, he said it in Luke, right? Y'all know Luke ended up writing Acts, right? The book of Acts. Guess what Luke turned around and done? In the book of Acts, he turned around and said the same thing in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said, He, you have heard of me. So Jesus gave them a command. He gave them a charge. Now, I want to ask you a question. Why would they take a command from Jesus? Because they trusted him. They became acquainted with him. They fellowship with him. They watch how he carried himself. They knew that his word was his bond. They knew that he would not go back on his word because when they walked with him, everything he said did not fall to the ground. So in order for us to be one with him, we have to take him at his words. It shouldn't be no isms and schisms. There shouldn't be, well, God, did you really say? We're not one. 
Even though you, in the spirit, you're connected to him, it has to flow from the spirit outward, inward, outward. And if you're not connected with his word, you're not in unity. Oh, Lord, have mercy. This is the problem with the church. We say that we're born again, but we're not walking in unity. We're not walking in oneness until we do the same thing. That's when God will manifest himself. So they had to be on one accord. Jesus did not just give this command to Peter. He gave it to all those disciples that walked with him. He said, this is what I want you to do. I command you. I charge you. So guess what? When you get a command of Thea in the military and they tell you to do something, y'all, this is, come here, Thea. You can help me with this. When they tell you to do something in the military, I'm not familiar with it, but the Holy Ghost is going to help me. So keep your opinions to yourself. I'm just putting it out there. So when you're in the military, when you go through basic training, that means you have someone that's over you, that's giving charge to you, that's going to tell you, this is when I want you to get up. This is when I want you to lay it down. This is when I want you to do this, that, or the other. By the way, when you go into the military, Athea don't belong to her parents no more. She belonged to the military. So while she was in the military, something happened. Your parents could not take charge over that. It had to be the military because she turned herself over to the military, meaning they had all the authority and all the right over her life. She didn't have a say. She had to do what they told her to do. Even if she didn't like what they told her to do, she had to say, yes, sir. Huh? Yes, sir. Wait a minute. Let me get her a mic. Yes, ma'am. Can we go get, can you give me a mic? She going to get the mic. Here you go, Thea. You was right, Thea. Yes, sir, I know who I am. You just acting out for me. I, you didn't offend me, baby. I know who I am. Lord have mercy, I know who my husband know too. Go ahead. You're going to say? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You in the military. Now yes, you in the military, okay? And I can be a ma'am in the military, but I'm doing that way. So Thea is saying everything they tell her to do, you're going to say? Yes, sir. And he's going to say, Athea, I want you to do five jumping jacks. Yes, sir. Thank you. Now, she got through with the jumping jacks. You all right, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, look. Now, this is what they teach in the military. Left, right, left. Is that it? Do it for me. Yeah, get somebody up here. Mr. Hayes. Uh oh, she got the right one. You better do it right. Use your mic, Brother Hayes. For hood, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, group. Who about Hayes? For hood, one, two, Three, four, one, two, three, four, group. Who about haste? Okay, stop right there. This is day one. This is day one. Day two, do it again. Group, a plant hood, foot hood. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, group. Who? About haste. Forward, 
hoot. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Group. Hoot. About. Hey. Okay. That's day two. Let's say for three weeks. The rest. This is all they do. And they're saying, why do we have to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again? They're saying because when you go into battle, you ain't going to hear nothing but what I'm saying and not what the enemy is doing. So where am I going when it comes to the word of God? So when Jesus gave them charge, they were about face. They were ready to face anything that he said. Why? Because they trusted their commander. Is that right, Athea? Thank you, Mr. Hayes. Thank you, Athea. They trusted that commander. They got to know that commander so well, whoever the drill sergeant was, that whatever they said, they knew to do it. They got familiar with their voice. They lay down hearing about face. They're rolling all over in their bed. Matter of fact, they're getting out the bed, walking the floor. Why? Because that's all they hear. Everything outside didn't matter. Home didn't matter no more because guess what they had to do? They had to get their minds renewed. Their minds had to be so military that they didn't worry about home no more. They was just doing what they were telling them to do because they say, you ain't home. You may not have made up your bed at home, but here you're going to make up your bed. So they showed them so much. Guess what? When they come home, Daquan, they so much military that the mother and father's like, and the house is clean, not only their room, but the house is clean. And they didn't have to ask them. They so trained that they knew what to do. And they, oh, y'all don't know where I'm going, do you? They were so one with the military that no matter what somebody else said, there was always that about face. Yes, sir. So that's what it means when you give charge. He gave charge to those disciples so those disciples knew whatever he say, we're going to do it. He said, I command you, I charge you to go to Jerusalem and wait until you endued with power. Now check this out. In between the waiting, y'all, there were things that was going on. That's why they had to wait. Because it was certain things that was happening before the day of Pentecost came. So they had to wait in the day of Pentecost until they were endued with power. So that's what Jesus told them. He gave them a promise. He said, while you're waiting, he said that you're going to be endued with this power. But check this out. In the midst of their waiting, after Jesus left them... They came together. It was, the tw- it was 11 of them because y'all know Judas, he was dead. So this is what Peter did. Now, I want you to understand this. Jesus gave the command, right? All of them heard the command, so they're following what? Jesus' word. Now, all of a sudden, Peter stands up. And Peter began to quote the book of Psalms. And he began to tell them, dealing with Judas, what happened with Judas. How did he know this? Because it was in the book of Psalms. They knew it as well, so they still had to be on one accord to accept what Peter was saying, right? So he said, we need another person to take Judas' place. We need another apostle. 
And he said, this is how we're going to select this apostle. Now, y'all, I'm going somewhere, this, this disciple. He said this. Listen at this. He said, wherefore, these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. That's the qualification. I'm going somewhere. He said, the individual that we accept must be one that has been with us from the time we were with Jesus to the time he left. Church is so towed up. You're putting everybody at the door. You're putting everybody on the choir that just walked in. And now if the Lord tells you to do something, he know where that person is. But you don't just grab somebody because they got a voice. You don't just grab somebody because they think they know the word. They had to be in union. They had to be on one accord, meaning he said the individual have to be, had to be with us from the time we met Jesus until the time he went to the Father. Why? Because we got to have the same teaching. We got to have the same way of doing things. This is why you don't church hop. Oh, that wasn't the, that wasn't the um, only thing. He said it had to be with him the same time, beginning from the baptism of John until the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. So not only that, y'all, but guess what? This was a stipulation because the power of God had not endued them yet. So they had to know the same thing they knew before they even prayed they had to be on one accord with what Peter was saying. And they were. They were in unity. So they began to pray. Y'all know who the lot got cast to. It was Mathis. And he became part of the 12. But the Bible said it was 120 people in that room. And all of them was waiting for the promise. Now I'm going somewhere. What am I saying to you? It's too many people that's out of unity in the body of Christ. How can I say that? Because, let me go here first. So all of them are in the upper room. But the Bible said that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Listen, they were all with one accord in one place. So they were with one accord. That means that they were believing the same thing. And they were in one accord. That's what unity is. You believe in the same thing. And they were in one place. So by them being on one accord, coming together, believing the same thing, this is what happened. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. I'm going somewhere. Suddenly, it's something that's unexpected. They were with one accord in one place. See, we read this verse of scripture and we use it for the power of God being endued, coming upon us. But we don't know what took place before all this happened. See, some of us want the power, but you ain't in unity. And if you ain't in unity in one accord, the power ain't going to do you no good because God ain't going to release it in the midst of division. So it said then suddenly. See, I don't know about you, but I want some suddenlies to happen. That means unexpectedly, Michelle, meaning that it hit me without me doing anything because I was on one accord, apostle. See, y'all wait for something to happen because you're doing something, but when you wait on the power of God to come in because you know it ain't going to be you, but it's going to be him, 
suddenly. See, it's too many people in the flesh trying to stir up a fire. And that strange fire, God ain't going to light. Because you're trying to bring the people. Oh, going somewhere. Because you're trying to, you know, do a dance a different way or sing a different way or preach a different way. God ain't going to put no unexpected on that. Because you're trying to do it. So unity mean, oneness mean, it don't mean just because you show up every Sunday. Duh. You can show up every Sunday but not be in agreement with what God has given me. So that means you ain't here. Your body is here. But you ain't in agreement with the vision that God has given me. So we see that the suddenly came because they were on one accord in one place. You didn't have some to say, you know what? We need to be over here. We don't need to be here. No, they was on one accord. And it says suddenly a sound from heaven. Y'all, let me tell you something. A sound from heaven. Is different from a sound from the earth. It's a sound that people know it had to come from a place that they don't know about. So it's a sound that they can't even figure out themselves. And it said when that sound for heaven came suddenly, it was as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Y'all, it just covered that house. Where the 120 were sitting, the ones that was on one accord, the ones that was in unity, God came in and filled the house. He said, because I can do something amongst y'all because y'all are one. And look what happened. God was showing me this, y'all. Look at this. After that happened, it says in verse 5, Y'all know they were filled. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under the heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in their own tongue. Now, look at this right here. Remember the sound that come from heaven? People heard that sound that was coming from heaven, and they came where the sound. What am I saying? People ain't going to come to your sound if it ain't from God. Because if you really have a sound that's coming from heaven, I'll prove it. John the Baptist was in the wilderness eating honey and wild what? Locusts. He was out there preaching the kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. People come from far and near to hear old John the Baptist. Why? Because it was a distinct sound that was sounding, that was coming from John. He was preaching what God wanted him to preach. I remember we was at Little House on the Perry, and I had somebody to tell one of my aunts, an aunt, tell her aunt. She need to come out from over there. Nobody ain't going to come over there in the woods. There was a sound that come from the woods that brought people far and near. To come to find out what's coming out of that place. Why? Because I was in alignment with my father. I was one with him. I didn't worry about how the place looked. I didn't worry about how small it was. Only thing I had was a charge. I had a command from the Lord. And I obeyed him. 
So the problem is we're trying to get people to do something. You can't make people do nothing if they ain't in unity. You can tell them to the cows come home. They ain't going to do it. As my granddad said, they ain't going to do it. Why? Because they're not in unity. They're not taking charge of what God is doing even amongst them. So when they heard this sound, y'all, they come together. That's what God wanted. And then Peter began to stand up and Peter began to speak with boldness. Now Peter can speak with boldness and stand on what he's saying because God gave him a charge. And as he began to speak with boldness, let me back up because the Holy Spirit is telling me to do this. Before um, even Peter began to speak with boldness, he wanted me to bring this out. We have to understand how powerful God's word is. If you don't understand how powerful God's word is and you have not built your relationship with him and got intimate with him, you just take his word for just a word. See, the disciples knew how powerful the word of God was. They knew that when Jesus spoke, something was getting ready to happen. They had that expectancy of something happening because God said, my word will not come back to me void. He said, my word is not coming back to me empty, but it's going to go out and accomplish that which I please. Why? It's my word. And it's going to prosper in the thing that I sent it to do. And then he says, forever. Forever, that means everlasting, eternal, no ending. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That means it's firmed. That means it's established. That means it's no changing. There's no altering to God's word. So when we know about his word, the Bible say when God spoke, it was done. When God commanded, it stood fast. That means it appeared. So when we're speaking God's word, we should know that God's word is doing exactly what we're speaking. And we shouldn't even try to wait for no manifestation. We should say it's done. Why? Because God is opening up his word unto us because we know how powerful his word is. I'm not waiting for something to happen. It's already happened. You don't even have to ask if it's happened. If you're in relationship with God do like Jesus go about the father's business ask your neighbor say neighbor are you really one with me just say no just say no because if you said yeah you can say I'm in between say if you're born again yeah But that still don't mean that we believe in the same thing. That's the truth. Because everybody have a difference of opinion. How do I know? The Baptists have one. The Methodists have one. The Jehovah Witnesses have one. Buddha have one. Who else have one? Presbyterian have one. Catholics have one. But they all say God. What God? And everybody is trying to do it according to Their doctrine. But it ain't what God put out. And people get mad when you bring correction. Because guess what? That's what they learned all their life. So right now, y'all know I'm going to stand out. I'm going to stand out real good. Why? Because that ain't part of my doctrine. I don't know where you got that from. King James Version. The problem is, see, they had to be on one accord all the way around. 
See, that's why they had to have the same power to come upon them. See, this is why in church, you cannot have people coming up getting saved without being endued with power after they get saved. You can't do that. Why? Because when you have that power coming upon you, you have the gifts of the spirit, the nine gifts of the spirit in operation in you. So that means that if everybody have the same gifts, you have the fruit of the spirit, you have the gifts of the spirit, you all on one accord. And that's why you have to be taught on who you are now that you're in Christ, the authority that you have now that you're in Christ. You got to be taught about the Holy Spirit. See, some of you don't want to sit down and get taught. You don't even want to show up teaching because you think you know everything and then when the church is doing something as one you can't get in with the one because you're out of order and we got to spend time trying to explain something to you where you should have been here getting taught God wants sync he wants unity in the body of Christ oh thank you Holy Ghost I want to know how you can be in order and not even in the word how can you be in order and not in, in the word? I don't do it man's way, people. I do it God's way. We walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, God had given me this. And in the book of Ephesians, the third chapter, it says that he will do far and exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. And God stopped me on that. He said, do you really know what that verse is saying? I said, yes, Lord. He said, do you really? And as I begin to meditate on that verse, God said, my far and exceedingly and abundantly is going to stand out above the world. That means whatever the world do, I'm going to go far and exceedingly and abundantly above all of that. And they can't even reach where I am. Y'all don't understand that. He said, and you got the power in you to go far and exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can even ask or think according to the power it's according to the power so that means that whatever i do is going to be above what the world is doing or in god god just don't give you something calvin he give you more than enough so man or no it's above what you can do he don't just give you something He give you more than enough. So the world will know you didn't do this. I did this. And let me tell you how God gave me that. Um, When my daughter started, y'all know when they start high school and stuff like that. It's stuff that they say you have to do because you got to be at a certain place in order to get in certain colleges, right? You got to be here, this, here, that, everything. So my daughter always said, Mama... I want to play sports. I said, no, Ariel. Why can't I play? Everybody else playing. I said, Ariel, trust me now. No, Ariel. So all through school, she wanted to do this. She said, Mama, colleges won't even accept you, not unless you have this, 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 and this. I said, but God already accepted you, baby. And I said, whatever God is saying, it's going to be above what man is saying. So I want you to come into alignment with what I'm saying. How many of y'all know that when your children want to do something and you don't allow them to do it, it seems like it breaks bond in your house because they want to do what they want to do. I looked and said, no, baby, we're not going to do it. We're not going to go this way. Every time she went to a certain house, the lady would say, well, you need to let her do this. No, I don't. Because I know what God told me to do. So as I followed God's plan, 
And I'll never forget this. My daughter was telling me, she said, Mama, I need this to get into these colleges. And I said, Ariel, God got you, baby. Mama's going to take all this money. I said, God got you, baby, because I already knew what I had. I didn't have it. So if I didn't have it, I had to depend on God. I couldn't go get loans. I couldn't get this. I had to depend on God. So we went through the process. So then the next thing was she applied for all these colleges, y'all. And all these colleges, you had to have a certain GPA. Actually, every college that she applied for, she got accepted in all of them. It was about eight, nine colleges. She got accepted in all of them. It was her choice to pick which ones she wanted. So the next thing was she picked the one she wanted. That one was higher than the other ones. I'm like, God, you got this. Because I looked at the paper. I'm like, oh, you know, getting into my flesh. I'm like, oh, that might work. And then I said, well, baby, which one is on your heart? She said, Mama, the one I want to go to is UNC Chapel Hill. I said, okay, I bet you do. So anyway, we went with that. Next thing was you had to, you know, fill out for your financial aid. You had to fill out for all of this. Ariel did all of that, and then it was a balance. Y'all know what a balance means, don't you? There's a balance. That means they want some money for that balance. I said, baby, what did God say? So you got to give them all your information, and I told you this before, and I gave her our information, and she said, Mama, is that all we got? I looked at her. She said, Mama, is that all you got in the bank? I said, that's what, she, she went to her daddy. She said, daddy, is that all we got in the bank? He said, Ariel, didn't we tell you we walk by faith and not by sight? So Ariel looked around. She said, how we got all this? Wait a minute. I'm getting somewhere. My daughter have followed me from my belly to these 12 y'all to time to graduate. I said, what did your daddy say, girl? She calmed down. Let me tell y'all this. And I'm telling y'all why you got to be in one. My daughter took me and her daddy at our word because we had a word from God. I'm here to tell you we went to award ceremony. I knew about three scholarships. That girl got six scholarships. Six scholarships paid in full. Why am I telling you this? Because you got to be one with him. That means that I had to stand on what God said, and God said, I ain't through yet. God said, I, and this is the funny part. When you go to college, y'all know they have them awkward beds. And they just sent a thing before award ceremony saying, you uh, need to give us money to get her bedding because it's hard to find this type of bedding and you can get a whole package for this amount of money. So I said, okay, God, that's your bill. I just went on the award ceremony. That night, my daughter got cash to pay for the bedding. Let me tell y'all something. And it was not a struggle with what was done, I'm still talking about oneness. You got not only be saved, but you got to be in oneness with what the Father is saying. It's too many of us is out of unity with the Father because we're trying to make something work. And God say, no, it's not the timing. It's not time for that. And until you get into oneness with God, people are leaving God out the equation 
and doing more for man than they're doing for God and they're expecting to get somewhere. You may get there, but you won't stay there. Because you're doing it man's way. Man is telling you to miss church on Sundays. Okay. Well, this is what you got to do. Well, I worship on Sundays. Well, if you want your child to be in so-and-so, you, you need to do this. That ain't God. Because when you put God first in everything that you do, God got a plan for you. But when you're trying to make it work, you're going to do everything out of your ability to do it. But God said, I want my people so in one with me that when I say something, and guess how he says it. I'm getting to this verse. Y'all want some more? Because if you don't, you know, they got a door right there. We've got one here and one here. But if you don't want to hear the rest, it's okay. I'm going to keep teaching. So it, it, we have to be in oneness with God. Remember, Peter began to preach now, right? Peter didn't start really preaching and teaching until he had power. We got too many people behind the pulpit with no power. We got people following people with no power. It's flesh in action and not the power of God in action. Because when the power of God is in action, the pulpit don't have to cut up so much. Because guess what? The word of God is coming in like a two-edged sword. It's alive. It's active. It's powerful. It's dividing what? The soul from the spirit, the joints from the marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and know the intents of the heart. So when you're doing it God's way, the only thing you got to do is speak forth what God is saying. And the Holy Spirit is going to release the power for the work to be done. I'm telling you, y'all. Deliverance is even in the house on today. And if your heart is open and if you're taking this word, you'll be like, thank you, God. That was for me. So we see Peter began to teach, y'all. And as he began to teach, go to verse 41. I want y'all to listen to this. Then they that gladly received his word. You hear what that said? They that gladly. So there had to be some that didn't want it. They that gladly received his word were baptized. Why were they baptized? One Lord, one faith, one baptism. There were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Clem School, why were they baptized? It was part of the commission. It was part of what Jesus taught those disciples before he went up. He said they got to be baptized in the name of the Father. Those that believe have to be baptized. What? Miracle Temple, Clem School? So they had to be on one accord, right? Being baptized. So they were baptized. Now listen at this. There were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Why were those 3,000 souls added? Because God released himself. Through Peter's teaching, God released himself and they were added. Nobody didn't have to make them. But this is the key. After those 3,000 souls was added, y'all, we're going right back to what Jesus did with his disciples, right? Listen what happened next. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Do y'all hear that? That means they didn't go back to where they were. <laughs> See, they received something out of the ordinary. So they stayed with the apostles' doctrine, with the apostles' teaching. Where am I going? Can somebody help me? Meaning that if God sent you to a place, and maybe it ain't Miracle Temple, maybe it's somewhere else, 
But he sent you to a place for you to be raised up according to his pattern. That means that you ain't going all over the place. That means you planted in that doctrine. That means that you don't go out and try to find a new revelation because a prophet came in town. Now you uprooting yourself and now you're going over here with this prophet because you feel like you got a prophet anointing. Understand that wherever God puts you and whoever he puts you under, they're going to teach you where you're supposed to be. You don't have to be jumping beans going to everybody's church to try to get a word to find out who am I. You should already know where you are. You should already know what you have. So they had to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Who has the Amplified? What does that mean? Continue steadfastly. Who's, who's got another version? Nobody? Okay, I'm going to keep teaching. So they had to continue steadfastly on the who doctrine? The apostles. Why was it the apostles? Because that's who they heard the word from that's where their hearts was pricked and where their hearts was changed so they continued steadfastly with them under their teaching y'all you can't move in every place just because somebody tell you oh i'm going somewhere see this is what happens when you have a schism in the body of christ when you have someone that want to bring division this is what they do steadfastly in the doctrine and fellowship when they get out of fellowship they want to take you out of fellowship. So they want to begin to sow seeds of discord. And they're going to begin to tell you because they're leaving. They want people to leave with them because they couldn't have their way. So this is what they do. They invite you to lunch. You know lunch you get anybody. Especially if you don't have to pay for it. Come on, go to lunch with me, Jennifer. So Jennifer say, okay, girl, I'm going to go to lunch with you. So Jennifer go to lunch with the one that's so in discord and she began to talk about me. Begin to tell Jennifer, if I was up there, I would be teaching this way. Did you notice how she do this? Do you notice how she do that? Did you notice how she begged for money all the time? So she's trying to pull Jennifer out of fellowship. So Jennifer is saying, coming back to me, what pastor I went with them because I saw how they were leaving and I was going to go bring them back into fellowship. The Bible lets you know when a sheep leaves, it's the shepherd that goes after the sheep. Sheep begot sheep, but when the sheep leave the pastor, it's the shepherd that pulls the sheep back in. And if the shepherd ain't going after the sheep, that should tell you leave the sheep alone. If the shepherd ain't saying, you should leave that alone. You ain't the pastor. The shepherd know more than you do. Let them go. Ain't nobody got time to babysit. They done made up their mind. Y'all understand church splits now? Somebody don't have their way. And they causing division in the body of Christ. So the Bible say you got to continue steadfastly. Up under the doctrine and fellowship. That means that if you got someone whispering in your ear about me, you're supposed to break fellowship. That's word. You're supposed to break fellowship with them and let them know, I don't have a problem with the pastor. You're the one with the problem. Did you go to the pastor? No, well, don't come to me. And I guarantee you, you won't see them no more. But people don't want to break.
my friend. Can I tell y'all something? The only friend we have is Jesus. Because he's the only one that's going to put up with you when you tow up. That's my friend. How can my friend do me like that? I'm trying to help my friend. If they want to stay in that church and die, let them die. Just tell them you've been dead. Because you broke fellowship. We got too many sheep going after people that you don't even know what's going on and they're deceiving you. They're telling you stuff that you believe in because you ain't in the good book and ain't got revelation and illumination on it like the pastor got it. So you're trying to help them out and trying to keep them in church. Didn't you know you can't keep nobody where they don't want to be? You can't keep them not unless they want to be kept. What did Jesus say? He told the father to keep them. He didn't tell us apostle. He said, keep them through your name. We're trying to keep everybody. Uh Uh-uh, let them go. Because they ain't got no time to be babysitting. It's all right. No, it ain't all right, baby. This is what the word says. And if they don't want to line up with the word, they're going to leave anyway. Because they want to do their own thing. Then they go into another church. See, this is, this is why things happen, y'all. Remember, they continued in the fellowship. They continued in the doctrine, right? They continued up under the apostles. They did this. And if you go through the book of Acts, you will see that those disciples begot disciples. Because they were taught on the same thing. And when they did that, the Bible said it was 5,000 people added. Why did the Lord put them there? Because they were obedient to his word. So what am I saying in the body of Christ? If you are in here, up under this ministry, well, let me go here. They say in prayer, they say in fellowship, and in the breaking of bread and in prayer. See, some people like the breaking of bread, but that don't mean eating all the time. See, some people like them breaking of bread, bring a dish, and we'll sit down and eat. People get full and leave you. They ain't thinking about nothing you got to say. They just got a free meal that day. Y'all know what I mean. Some people call it potluck on Sundays. People just say that's the day I don't have to pay for nothing. I'll just come in and eat. But they continued in breaking of bread and they continued in prayer. Understand this. To be in oneness, we're supposed to be praying what the Father has given me for this ministry. Every member of Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministry is supposed to know the vision. And your prayer don't supposed to be about you every day. It's supposed to be for what God is doing in the ministry. To hold up somebody's hands, you're praying the same thing that I'm praying for this church. That is unity. That's when things break forth. That's when you see manifestation come. You cannot pray outside of what God has given me because it ain't going to work. That may be for you, but it ain't for me. So we got to be on one accord. That's why you got to know what God has given me. And what God has given me is not going to be outside of his will or his word. So this is how we break fellowship when we try to set up something on our own that God didn't tell us to set up. So it's time for us to come into this unity. It's time for us to come into this oneness. And I'll give you an example in the word of God in dealing with Solomon. Y'all know he was the wisest man among the kings. And his wisdom exceeded everybody else's. So y'all know the queen of Sheba. She had to come in and she had to see 
what everybody was talking about. And when this woman came in, she was so amazed. She was so astounded because everything was so in order, so in oneness. She ended up pouring out of herself and giving it to the richest man ever. Can you imagine? She saw how his table was set. She saw how things was done. Who did it start with first? It started with Solomon. Solomon had to tell people, this is how we're going to do it. And the people had to follow Solomon Lee. When they was at the table, they had to be dressed the way he would have them dressed. The servants had to serve the way he wanted them to serve because God gave it to Solomon. So everybody had to be on one accord. And when Queen Sheba came in, she saw the glory of God. What's happening to the church? God don't reveal himself in division. And the Bible says when two or three are gathered together in my name, he said, I'm in the midst of them. God want to be in the midst of you. But until the church, the body of Christ, remember, every member, every joint supplies, we made up of one body. Jesus is the head. We're made up of one body. We're one. So God is saying, until we come into oneness, keep your opinions to yourself. You may not like what I say. You may not like what a leader say. But you're supposed to honor that man and woman of God to say, God, if they said it, then I'm going to trust what they're saying because they say they're following you. So guess what? If something happened that should not happen, God ain't looking at you. You were obedient to who God put you over. But now you got stubborn sheep. You got rebellious sheep. Well, I'm not doing that because it just don't feel right. You're not in oneness. You're not in unity. And see, you can't be double-minded. You can't, half of you can't be here and half of you can't be there. You have to be one with what the church is doing that you're in. You can't take half and, oh, well, Apostle Amanda feed me on Sunday, but on Wednesday I hear it from blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to split up half my tithe. I'm going to send half to blah, 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 and I'm going to send half to apostle because all of them feed. The Bible said bring your tithe into the storehouse. You can't get the blah, 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 blah. You can't even pay for the plane ticket to get the blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah can't bury you or marry you. So the one that you've been going to to give half of what you got, the day that everything get ready to happen, I'm going to say, well, we got to cut you in half. <laughs> I'm going to do half of the ceremony. And I want you to fly in, blah, 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 to do the other half, because that's where you've been going. So if that can't happen, I can't do it. I need the other half. Then we become one. I'm telling you the honest to God truth, because I know people doing it. So we're going to work it like that. All right, Miracle Temple? The other half you're sending it to, that's the half going to do their part. If they ain't here to do their part, it won't be done. Talking about having a funeral service, we're going to saw it in half. See, you want your pastor to do everything, but you ain't in oneness with your pastor. You ain't giving your pastor y'all, you're giving it to somebody else. Well, they have helped me so much, I'm going to plant here. You don't plant your tithes. Because when the chips fall where they may, you're going to be right back up in here, pastor. I don't think they can counsel you. I don't think Joyce Myers is going to personally pick up the phone and say yes. She don't even know you're sending her nothing. She ain't going to pick up no phone and say, Darlene, 
You've been paying your tithes faithfully to me. What can I do for your child? You're going to get a busy signal or nothing. Or you're going to get somebody to say, let me pray for you. But then, darling, you're going to come to pastor and say, pastor, I've been having some problems. So what did Joyce say? (laughs) I can't give you nothing outside of what she said now. We got to be on one accord. Y'all think I'm playing. Come on, if you're going to be in one, you got to be in one. If God planted you in a place, that's where he wants you to stay planted. See, this is why we have people so, well, I need to be here, but I really need to be there. No, you need to be where God puts you. This lady, Jennifer Porter over here, she's over Judah. So I have a Sunday service every Sunday. Let's say Jennifer called me and said, Pastor, Joyce Meyer need me Sunday to render music I'm going to say I shouldn't have to she shouldn't even ask me that she shouldn't even ask me that but if she did ask me that you know what I would tell her go to Joyce Myers that's where your heart is I don't need you here go on where your heart is and that tells me Lord thank you for sending me another leader because her first priority is here So wherever God puts you, that's where you're supposed to be. You don't supposed to be a floater. See, we have floaters at work. But in the kingdom of God, you are where God puts you. You don't give up your place and go somewhere else. Because this is where God puts you. If he stationed me to be here, I don't give up this. Not unless God has put somebody in position to cover me. That's why he have pastor and he have assistant pastors. But I'm telling y'all, God says no oneness in the body of Christ. And until we come into oneness, believing the same thing, doing the same thing, guess what? God is not going to manifest himself. So God said, I want oneness in the body of Christ. I want everybody with the same mind and on one accord. Let me give you this from Paul. Y'all come up at the end of the day say, I ain't know that woman preached this long. What time is it? 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. Listen at Paul. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and there be no division among you. How are you going to speak the same thing? You're going to be up under the same doctrine. That doctrine is going to follow who? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And it says, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. That's how we don't have division. This is why. I want to ask you a question. If anybody got a problem with anybody and you go to somebody else, that's who you got the problem with. You ain't got a problem with the individual. Let me, I'll use an example. I use Darlene. She, she don't get offended. If anybody got a problem with Darlene and they come to Jennifer, they don't have a problem with Darlene. They got a problem with Jennifer because they went to Jennifer. So they ain't got a problem with you, darling, because they went to Jennifer and told her about the problem they had with you. So when they come to you and say, I talked to Jennifer, say, well, you never had a problem with me. You had a problem with Jennifer. So what did Jennifer tell you? The body of Christ is so screwed up because you're out of order. The Bible tells you if you have ought against your brother, by the way, we're brothers and sisters in Christ because we're born again. You go to your brother or your sister and you get it resolved. Why? Because the one that you go into can sow more seeds of discord and they're agreeing with you, but they ain't heard from the other person. 
They only heard what you heard because you were so offensive. But then when they hear from the other person, they're like, you put me in the middle of that? Because the enemy is using them to sow discord. So to be in oneness, we have to be born again. We have to be believing the same thing. We have to have the same power from on high. We have to be in the word of God, getting taught the word of God, meditating on the word of God. The Holy Spirit is going to give you illumination from the word of God. If he give me revelation, it's not for you to come in and say, that ain't God. He gave it to me. He didn't give it to you. It's for you to fall in pursuit and say, yes, Lord, I hear you. The body is out of sync because we think we know. And you don't know nothing outside of this word. So if you're not in this word, I advise you to lock it up. And I'm going to give you an example. Holy Spirit is still preaching. Give you examples of those that was outside the word. We're in the book of Acts, right? And y'all know how Ananias and Sapphira. They knew about how they gave. Go back with me to Acts. God, is this is long, y'all, but it's right. It's tight, but it's right. Listen at this in Acts um, 2. After that, verse 43, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possession and goods and parted them to all men as every man had needed. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. So y'all see what they did, right? So whatever they had, the apostles didn't have to tell them to give it up. Their possessions, that means what you own. They sold it. They laid it at the apostles' feet. Why? Because distribution was given out from the apostles as was needed for those that were in need. But then it was Ananias and Sapphira. They sold their stuff for a certain amount, y'all. And they supposed to have been in agreement. They supposed to have been in oneness with the rest of the group. But what did they do? They wanted to keep some of that change. See, the agreement was when you sell what you have, all of it goes for this purpose. You don't get not one quarter. <laughs> but guess what they did? They kept back part of it. Ananias fell dead and the wife come in, got asked the same question. She dropped dead too because money was their God. So what am I saying to you? When you fall out of fellowship and you're not in agreement with God's word, it is not God that makes these things happen. You're wide open for destruction. You put yourself in that spot. Look at Dathan. Abiram and Korah. Korah started it with 250 leaders trying to turn them against Moses, which he did. They kept up that little mess. The ground opened up, swallowed their families, swallowed all of them, all their possessions. They were gone. Why? Because God put Moses in charge. And Korah was trying to take Moses' place. And this man was a Levite. Come on, you already in the temple. You already got a work that you're supposed to do. So now you want to get in Moses' business. The ground open up. So there are consequences when you get in the way of what God is doing. God cannot protect division. That's why he says repent. Have a change of mind. That means the Holy Spirit is telling you that ain't right. Keep your mouth off of her. That don't line up. And when you don't listen. You don't only bring destruction to you, but you bring it to your whole house. It runs through your whole house. And until you come to yourself, 
of who you are in God, you wide open for everything to happen in your house. Everything end up leaving. And you wonder why God didn't do that. You came from up under his protection because you thought you can protect yourself and not do what the word of God is telling you to do. So God says, I want oneness in the body of Christ. And Miracle Temple, if you have someone that's teaching you the right way, that's the way you need to go in. You don't need to be flying all over the place trying to find this new doctrine. It ain't no new doctrine. It is what it is. People try to bring in another way to make you think it can be better than what you're getting it. Up in here, this is a teaching ministry. And God is going to teach you. He's going to rightly divide the word of truth. But some people don't want to be taught. You know what they want to do? They want to fall out all the time. Well, let me tell you this. If you're falling out all the time, you got some stuff in you. You might not want to fall out all the time because... Sometimes that falling out is deliverance. And sometimes you see people going across the aisle like a snake. That's a little demon. See, so some of you probably don't want to fall out no more now. Because y'all thinking people watching you. Now, sometimes it's God dealing with you too. But people that fall out and be bucking all over the place and be running around like, yeah. See, that's why you need to be taught. And you don't lay hands on people suddenly. We have to do it in agreement and accordance to the plan that God has given the man or woman of God that he has put over you. It is not for you to try to take what God has given and make it your own and ride off of it to pull people. You're supposed to follow the vision that's in that house with what God is doing in the midst of that house. We got too many people trying to set up temples along the way. And that's what caused people to pick and choose. I have noticed there has been several churches that supposed to have been one and they had the divided house. And now you have some on corners. And now you have some somewhere else because they say the pastor wasn't teaching like we supposed to teach. So we had somebody else in there teaching right. So we just left with them. You cannot fall prey for those type of ministries because that's not God. Whomever God put you under, that's who you say God put you under. I get so tired of people saying, God planted me here. We'll see. That's what I say. We'll see. And I don't see them no more. Because they don't want to get in alignment with the word. They want you to put them to work, but they haven't been trained. You have to become a disciple first. And it takes time. Amen? Amen. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God want oneness. In the body of Christ. Say, God want oneness in the body of Christ. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Do we have any visitors at this time that would like to stand? Praise Jesus.